Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for jobs powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. (laughs) Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, Stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. Sovereign is known for providing the world's best and most accurate parsing products. And now, based on that technology, comes Sovereign's artificial intelligence matching and scoring software. In fractions of a second, receive match results that provide candidates scored by fit to job, and just as importantly, the job's fit to the candidate. Make faster and better placements. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N dot com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Time for a 99 Luck Blues, baby. Oh, yeah. You want to get nuts? Luck Blues. Fuck me, Amadeus. 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 Uh, you're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, HR's Most Dangerous. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. And I am Chad Sowash. And we are pleasantly joined today by Nina 99 Luftballoons Eigerman. That's right. VP of Alliances and Business Development at Bullhorn. Listeners may remember a while back, <laughs> I referred to Bullhorn and their pay-to-play marketplace as bullshit. What? Well, to Bullhorn's credit, they said, hold the phone. We're going to get Nina, yes. the Pitbull Eigerman, mm-hmm. on a podcast with you to tell you how you got it wrong. So, yep. Nina, welcome to the podcast. And more than that, thanks for having the balls to come on the Big podcast applause. to tell us where we got it wrong. Really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. 
<laughs> she's she's so nice. <laughs> I can't do this. After all of the bullshit calling, yes. But before we jump into that, first off, I would like to say thanks for coming on because as we do here at the Chad Cheese Podcast, we love to have companies on to be able to add more color mm-hmm. and more information around our opinion slash in some cases, bad research, Joel Cheeseman. And we love to rumble. (laughs) So Nina. Tell us about you. Sure. Happy. Um, So I am the VP of Alliances and Business Development at Bullhorn, which means that I'm responsible for our marketplace and all of our partnership programs. I've been in the staffing industry for almost 20 years. I've done everything from working a desk to being out on assignment. And I uh, joined Bullhorn after a brief stint as a an investment banker and a longer stint as a consultant. So I have a pretty broad view of the ecosystem and I, I have a, a fondness for the staffing industry in general. And as we learned, you like to steal your kids' headphones I do. when you're doing uh, podcast interviews I, because they have way better equipment than you they do. They do. It's definitely one of the advantages of having children is that there's always some electronics around the house that you can pick <laughs> as, up. As Chad and I both appreciate. So we'll, we'll get into the, uh, the marketplace for a second, but I'm curious... Uh, the podcast goes live. Uh, you know, I think even the title was like bullhorn is bullshit. When you heard the podcast and our comments, sort of what was your initial thought? Did you guys want to pipe bomb our houses? Like what exactly was the response there internally? (laughs) Go into pipe bombing. No, no pipe bombing. You know, I'm familiar with you guys. Like I kind of know the style. It wasn't totally shocking to me that you would use the, the, the very obvious bullhorn line, which we've heard before. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but um, I really I really wanted to come on because I felt like that you really missed the point of the bullhorn marketplace, which is that we love entrepreneurs and we love the ecosystem and we really want to foster innovation for recruiters and for staffing firms in general. And it, for you to say that the bullhorn marketplace wasn't good for entrepreneurs, I was just like, wait. They haven't heard what we do. They don't know about how we spend time with companies and really help them to learn about staffing and recruiting and the ways in which staffing and recruiting are fundamentally different from Corp HR. Because we see a ton yes. of entrepreneurs who come in, they have something that they either developed in Corp HR or that they've they've started to to sell into Corp HR. And then they they think, oh, well, we can just bring this over to the staffing and recruiting industry. And they don't have any of the right examples. They don't have the right value proposition. They don't understand the difference of the economics, the fundamental ways in which the staffing firm operates. And we spend time with them, help them get good examples, help them change the language of their marketing material so that it's more applicable for staffing and recruiting and really do a ton to help them. Nina, I get all that and that's all warm and fuzzy and I love that stuff, but it, this was all really based around Joel's thought process of joining a marketplace shouldn't cost them anything. So to be able to ensure that the there's a low barrier of entry so that they can get their tech in front of these staffing companies, uh, that was, I think that was really the base of where Joel was coming from. Yeah. And, and to add color, it wasn't a, you're anti-entrepreneur. I think it was an anti-startup sentiment that these companies don't have the money and you guys still aren't on record as to how much it costs to get in the marketplace. So I'd like to dig into that a little 
little bit, but I don't think I don't think there's a sentiment of that you guys are anti-entrepreneurial. I just have a problem with uh, you know the, the 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 toll that some of the the ATSs and platforms are charging startups to get you know to get on the field. Well, so I think you're cutting it kind of fine to say that we're not anti-entrepreneurial, but we're anti-startup. I think that you know there's. They're, we're, we're really trying to make sure that there is a low barrier. They're the same they're, to you. They're kind of the same okay. to me. So, um, you know, we really help those startups. And I think the numbers speak for themselves that we, we've we grown. We started the developer program, which is our entry-level program for partners to start to develop on the Bullhorn platform. And we started that program maybe two and a half years ago. We now have over 70 companies that are in the developer program. And it is a very low barrier to entry. I'm not going to lay out all of the economics of the entire marketplace program for you, but I will let you know that. Okay. Um, but I will tell you that that the the entry point for the developer program is a five thousand dollar annual fee. And to be honest, if you're not willing to invest five thousand dollars into developing for the staffing and recruiting industry and working on the Bullhorn platform, you probably don't aren't really committed to being in staffing and recruiting. Ouch. For that five thousand, you're getting time with the alliances team. You're getting a sandbox. You're getting access to developer documentation. You're getting your own API key. You're getting your ability to really mm-hmm. develop against the Bullhorn platform. And I, as I said, I think the numbers speak for themselves. It's pretty popular. Yeah, I think so. From that was pretty much my stance when we were talking about this. Uh, it, from a cost standpoint, there are resources that are allocated for a marketplace. And to be able to charge for that, there has to be some kind of barrier to entry to an extent to be able to demonstrate commitment. Because if it's free, and you'll see with some of the apps that are out there today, if it's free, then um, anybody can just throw an app in there, right? So getting to, to the actual marketplace strategy itself, okay, there is a barrier to entry. It is $5,000. What is the actual marketplace major strategy right now with startups? Is it to be able to provide uh, different types of tech and resources to your current clients? Or is there something else behind it? Because we know in talking to the other applicant tracking systems, they're using marketplaces for different reasons. The real thing is that we don't ever want to be a barrier for innovation. Um, What we see is that every staffing firm is different and they really need to be able to tailor their solution, their technology stack to fit what they're trying to do. And Bullhorn as a platform enables them to have all that technology plugged into a single system and and have access to that in a single pane of glass, as we like to say. So having um, all of your technology integrated is really great for the staffing firm. And we don't ever want to stand in the way of the staffing firm being able to do that. So we have a, a a very open um, policy. And we talk to every company that applies to be part of the marketplace. We'll spend half an hour walking through a demo with them, understanding what they're trying to do. And, and, and as long as they're really a viable company, as opposed to just, um, you know, a guy with an idea, um, they can join the marketplace. I mean, they can join the developer program and be on track to be part of the marketplace. And then the criteria for moving from that entry level developer program into being a full marketplace partner has to do with the market acceptance. So it's all about how many Bullhorn customers are using your technology. It's not about whether I think that it's a great technology and it's a brilliant idea. I've certainly been wrong before. Uh, it's really about whether our customers are buying it and adopting it. And if we have 10, 15 customers using the technology, 
then that technology can move on to be part of the marketplace. And then at that point, you start talking about M&A, right? Well, you know, uh, I think I was talking to someone, one of my colleagues in the office, Vinda Susan, she's like, you know, it's not the only way that we do M&A. We've, we've acquired a lot of companies that aren't, weren't part of the marketplace. Uh-huh. Um, but, but she's like, well, it's the same reason that you date people at work, right? It's proximity. We know these companies really well. And when you look at a company like Herefish, we've been working with these guys for a long time and right. um, seen, Here, fishy, fishy, fishy. <laughs> seen the popularity among our customer base and seen the benefit that our customers have from working with that technology. And so... Um, it was a natural acquisition. Do the, does the likelihood go up if you're in the marketplace for M&A for those startups or does it even matter? I don't think that that's really, I don't think it really matters that much. It's not really a criteria for entering the marketplace and it wouldn't be a reason that I would cite to someone that they should join the marketplace. I think the, the value of the marketplace stands on its own. And when you think about the access that um, these startups have to 11,000 customers who are in the staffing and recruiting industry um, and being able to uh, leverage our, our sales team to go out and talk to folks. I think it, it's it's really beneficial for them to be part of the ecosystem. And that should be enough of a reason. So we're not going to agree on this. And that's that's totally fine. I mean, I think for you to say like five grand is no big deal is a little bit of hubris. Um, I think there are plenty of startups that five grand is a big deal, uh, even though they'd like to, to develop on the platform. I also think it's a challenge to say, okay, how many ATSs, hiring platforms, whatever are there? And if each one is five grand, then you know that quickly adds up to a lot of money for a lot of startups. So we're obviously not going to agree on whether five is a lot or not, or if they're not willing to spend five, then they're not serious about their business. And we're I don't think we're going to agree on that uh, personally. I mean, I, I can look at you know, Apple is $99 a year to develop on their platform. Uh, Google is free. Slack is free. Uh, iSims is now free. Um, I could go on and on. And I think it's just a business decision that you guys have made to say, we're going to make money on our platform. And this is the the fee to, to play on our platform. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I often will uh, use the analogy about um, planned economy versus a uh, a market economy. I personally believe in a market economy, and I think we need to deliver enough value to these companies to have it be worth it to them to spend the five thousand um, dollars. And I want to feel like we're on the hook to do that. Um, free is not a good price point to create. Um, an economic exchange. And the sustainability behind that uh, obviously isn't uh, isn't very easy unless, again, you're using this as a litmus test for M&A. It's not a litmus test for M&A, but it is a litmus right. test for the staffing industry um, that, you know, that, that sometimes people will say, well, I want to be on every um, ATS out there. I want to, I want to be part of, of every ecosystem and they, they haven't really thought about the difference between Bullhorn and a Corp HR system and the fact that we really are an end-to-end staffing platform and that it's really designed yeah. for the staffing and recruiting industry. And they'll and and that piece of it, I want their I want them to pause and think for a moment about whether this is something that's worth it. And then I want to be able to help them to have the resources to be able to help them really tailor their solution. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating 
manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about Text Kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, Text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text Kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> and there's also thinking creatively around, you know, Apple takes 30% of everything you make on their platform. That's, that's bought through their platform. So there are creative ways to, to be accessible and yet make money on your end without having the hurdles that, that maybe you currently have. 30% seems like a lot to me. But if it's free to get on and you only give you money if you make money, I mean, that's just a barrier that you could take down for startups and companies, yes? The heroin drip. I think that that would not be um, in the economic best interest of the startups to do it that way, personally. But... I'd rather match the value that we're delivering to the cost that, that, that in, that's incurred right. um, rather than having it be like, it's going to be free up front, but we're really going to stick it to you at the back end. I'd rather have it be like, we're going to charge you up front because all of our costs are up front, right? We're spending time with you. We're validating the integration. We're making sure that this all works. And then at the back end, you know, we're providing the sandbox and at the back end, you know, it's not going to be a, a 30%. And we're basically just talking about the semantics of different business models. There's one way to get paid up front or during the course. It, the business model is the business model. That being said, another business model we want to be able to talk about is Herefish mm -hmm. and why you just recently acquired Herefish. I didn't see a number. How much did you guys pay How for that? How much was that again? <laughs> Um, we're not disclosing the price of the transaction, like oh, most of those okay. transactions. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So we're, we're talking about, we're talking about staffing and, and obviously staffing is much different than talent acquisition because obviously staffing, it is the business of recruiting, right? So when you're talking to your clients, which are staffing companies, you're always talking about the most efficient, uh, I'm assuming, trying to help them in margins, those types of things. How did Herefish help you 
Uh, and how do you think, how do you believe Herefish will help you with that conversation moving forward with staffing companies? Sure. So we have three core components to our um, run as one strategy, which is about being a end-to-end platform for staffing firms. Um, one is to have technology that um, starts at the beginning of the recruiting process and runs all the way through um, invoicing and payment. Um, the second is AI and automation. And the third is our open ecosystem. And here, Fish, coming from the open ecosystem, uh-huh. flows right into that second pillar of automation and AI. Um, so the core reason that we acquired them is their ability to automate workflows and enable our Uh, customers to spend more time on the relationship aspects of their business and less time doing uh, doing routine tasks like timesheet reminders or sending people out on on assignment. Gotcha. So when we're talking about the the Herefish acquisition, how many of your clients were actually using the product uh, before you guys, you went through acquisition talks? So they're a relatively small company and um, they're uh, uh, on the marketplace. So they've, they've been um, working with our customer base, um, but without having a, a mass level of adoption. And one of the things that we're really looking forward to is being able to bring um, their value proposition, which is a- around data cleanliness and um, workflow automation and communications um, to both candidates and customers and colleagues um, to bring that to um, a, a broader set of our customer base and enable more people to take advantage of this technology. So, so we agree that was a, a nice acquisition and we talked about it on uh, the weekly show. So I'm curious, what are some uh, future acquisitions you, got, you guys might be looking at? Or if you're not willing to name names, what sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, technologies or uh, directions of companies are you looking to maybe gobble up? Well, so I can tell you what, what we're seeing in terms of the types of technology that our customer base are really interested in and the things that we're seeing as good complements to Bullhorn. You know, I don't have a crystal ball in terms of what the acquisition landscape looks like, but I can tell you that advanced search and match is something that we're seeing a lot of um, adoption and traction. Um, people being able to um, sort of this, the promise of hands-free recruiting, right? It can come in, AI can analyze the job description, can then bring back a set of candidates that would be applicable for that job. The second key area that we're seeing is in um, chatbots and yeah. um, text communication and candidate engagement. Ton of activity in that space. We have a number of marketplace partners there. We have Sense HQ. We have Maya. Um, we have Text Us, um, Cloud Call, kind of entering into that from the VoIP space. So that's um, that's the second area. The third area is that integrated VoIP space um, with Cloud Call and now Text Us doing that as well, where um, people are going beyond just click to dial to actually. Um, leveraging the call recording functionality and features to be able to train employees to um, make things easier and to have more focus on the relationship building and less on dialing for dollars. Um, We're also seeing other communication technologies like portals. Um, I don't know if you guys covered um, some of the recent uh, tribulations of JXT, which is one of our marketplace partners, but um, Volcanic is also in that space and Haley Marketing and the ability for people to 
communicate with both candidates and customers in an automated way at the time and place that they want them is a big one. Um, also, we see some stuff in like video interviewing and like there's a bunch of the, the ecosystems really vibrant. Yeah. There, there's there's a lot of noise out there. So yeah. from from your standpoint, what is the most, no, I mean, what, what's the most vaporware-ish type of thing that's out there today? Biggest poser. Certainly video interviewing is something, I mean, I've been around for long enough to remember when it first came out and it was like this huge, you know, we were going to completely transform our recruiting process around the idea of being able to do video interviews. And we all remember that. That in Second Life, (laughs) I think, I think Second Life came out around that time. Second Life. Oh my God. Yes. I remember that. That was big. That was on my top eight in my space for a while. (laughs) IBM was going to like do all their recruiting in Second Life. That, that was big. I do remember that. Wow. Um, I hate to say this, but we're old. No, I'm not. Yep. yep. Sorry, I interrupted anyway. you. So video, yeah, sorry. So so I remember when video first came out, huge amount of, of noise and all of this stuff. Then it kind of died down. Then it came back and then different functionality. And there was this promise of like sort of self-service first round interviewing that people could edit their own. So it just won't go away. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it kind of like dies down for a little bit and then it comes back. So... We're actually seeing a big swing of startups in the video interviewing space, new companies, and then also like more noise from some of our largest customers, you know, that uh, Ronstadt made a big investment in montage and Mm -hmm. we see Hinterview and there's like a bunch of new companies coming out in this space. And I'm like, if that's if that works, great. I'm just not seeing the uptake that I would expect given how long that's been around. Do any of them have like TikTok editing tools as part of their interview process? So as I mentioned before, old, (laughs) therefore TikTok kind of outside (laughs) of my space of of understanding. That land on uh... you need to you need to download that (laughs) app. You need to download that app. Let's let's pivot really quickly to No 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 I have children. They do that for me. Yeah. yeah. So you, let's pivot real quick <laughs> yeah. to uh, high volume. So staffing, obviously staffing mm-hmm. industry, high volume is big. What are you guys doing? What are you seeing in high volume that is exciting? We're hearing stories of of uh, organizations, staffing-like organizations that are turning engagements around in less than 10 minutes and having interviews scheduled and so on and so forth. What are you seeing that's exciting around the high volume side? So I'm seeing a couple of exciting things in the high volume space. One thing that um, I'm really psyched about is we have um, Sense HQ as one of our partners and they've done, they come out of a real deep understanding of staffing and recruiting and they've done some really cool things around automating all of the stuff of making sure that a candidate actually goes from placement to showing up, right? In that high volume space, you could have a 30% drop off between the people who are placed and the people who actually start day one. And if you can intervene during that time, and then between day one and the end of the first week of the assignment, um, the amount of communication that you have during that time can really avoid that drop off Mm -hmm. during the the assignment. So they've done a lot of work around that. um, And I really am a big fan there. Um, The second one um, is we have a developer partner, not yet marketplace partner called Workin. 
um, based in Atlanta that's done some really neat placement stuff. Um, we also partner with a couple of other, I think there's like six or seven of these automated scheduling tools. And we acquired a company called TempBuddy as part of the eRecruit acquisition that's also in this mobile app placement space. So I think there's a lot of activity there. Yeah, very cool. I haven't seen anyone really own the space, um, but there's a big opportunity. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Well, Nina, please come on when you do find that company that is uh, hitting the mark. Uh, Nina Igerman, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Nina, thanks for joining us. Uh, you, major kudos for coming on the show. Uh, we appreciate it. For those listeners out there who don't know Bullhorn or want to know more about you, where do you send them? Um, they should come to partners at bullhorn.com and, or follow me on all the major social t- channels, not TikTok, but you can find me on LinkedIn <laughs> at Nina Igerman. And with that, we, we out. out. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics than hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.